This is your friendly neighborhood author, Jonathan, and you are listening to Season 5 of the Floor Rejects Podcast, The Isle of Artemisia. Welcome back to the Floor Rejects Podcast. This is Jonathan, your friendly neighborhood author, coming back to you again with Chapter 20 of The Isle of Artemisia. If you're new here, every week I read a chapter from a story I'm working on, and then I give it a little critique at the end. Um, Last week, we had some hot and heavy moments between Barrett and Anaxos. Um, Some pretty heavy petting, um, some conflict with Nick, and uh, basically a whole lot of nothing. Sorry that I wasn't here last week. I decided to take the week for myself, some time to reflect and calm down and center myself. Um, I did end up taking a position as a freelance writer for a company that writes novels online. So we'll see how much time I have in the coming future to write for fun. Um, But for now, let's get into chapter 20 of The Isle of Artemisia. Chapter 20, Switch Up. Barrett and Anaxos enter the hut. Barrett's eyes quickly adjust to the dark. On the ground in a semicircle, the other three members of their little posse sit. Nick glowers darkly at Anaxos. What? Barrett asks, trying not to sound pent up or annoyed at being interrupted. We have been talking, and we think you're less focused on getting off this island and more focused on other things, Crystal says quietly. She looks up at Anaxos. He squints at her, obviously confused. What? That's ridiculous, Barrett says, and Daniel nods. See, he says, and Crystal holds a hand up to him. We think that you two have just been a little distracted, she says, and at that, Anaxo scoffs. What else should we do, he asks. Crystal stands, hands on her hips. Not each other. Maybe you should figure out how we're getting home? she says, her eyes narrowing in on Barrett. He doesn't pounce back on her, knowing that his friends were all tired, torn, and beyond their limits, especially her. Chris, we need a boat. I tried to get us a boat, and I got thrown off it, remember? He says, and she softens, just a tiny bit. Barrett, we need to get home, and it won't help when you spend all your spare time with him. She nods her head at Anaxos, who looks around incredulously. He was clearly uncomfortable being spoken about, and Barrett couldn't blame him. It was incredibly untoward, even in this setting. Crystal? Daniel? We are going to get off this island, but it requires us all to work together. And I know you lot have been through it, but if we turn on each other, on Anaxos, what good will that do? He asks. Anaxos nods. He was a man of few words. Nick stands now, squaring off with him. He does not care if we leave. We should go to the others, ask them for help, he suggests. And at that, everyone looks at him as if he had grown a second head. This begins to stir anger in Barrett's belly. He didn't like this stranger arguing for what was best for him. I don't think that's the solution, but we need to keep ourselves focused, Daniel says. He says it softly, but Barrett knows he's serious. I'm not going to argue this point, 
If you guys can't trust us to get you home, you figure something out, Barrett says, and he turns and marches from the hut, arms crossed. And Axos follows. He grabs Barrett by the shoulders from behind as the smaller man stands in the surf, frustrated by their situation for the umpteenth time in the past couple of days. They want to go home. We get them home, he whispers quietly into Barrett's ear. Barrett nods. He knows and Axos is right, but he also feels that his friends were all too eager to side with the person who'd gotten them into this mess, not the person who was willing to help get them out of this disaster. Nick, hold on, Crystal yells from inside the hut as suddenly Nick comes rushing from the hut, heading towards the tree line. No, I go to the others, he shouts over his shoulder, stomping off into the forest. Anaxus and Barrett watch from a distance as Crystal and Daniel rush off after him, stopping short of the trees. They were obviously too scared to be in the wooded area of the island. Crystal turns and spots the two men in the water. She throws her hands up in the air and sweeps into the hut with a wash of blonde hair. Daniel follows after her, shooting Barrett a weary look. Ugh, I can't keep up with them. And now this? Barrett gestures at the quickly receding Nick who fought his way through the underbrush with ease. He will come back, but I want to show you something, Anaxo says, steering Barrett by the shoulders towards the trees. Barrett looks up at behind him, and Anaxo smiles down at him. Where are we going? he asks as they cross into the chittering forest and begin walking uphill back towards the area the cave was in. It's a secret, Anaxos says, and Barrett nods. Anaxos comes around the side of him, putting an arm over his shoulders as they walk. Barrett enjoys his manly, virile scent. They trek through the forest for a long time and finally come upon a clearing with a small pond in the middle of it. Here, Anaxo says, gesturing at the still blue water and grassy patch. What about this place's secret? Barrett asks, and Anaxos laughs. Well, no one knows about it, so it's a secret, he explains, and Barrett giggles. How would you know it's a secret? Barrett asks. Anaxo smiles again. Because it's where I come to be alone, where I come to think. Anaxo says. He gets down into the soft grass, laying back against the ground, hands behind his head. Barrett lays down next to him under the crook of his arm. His smell becomes intense, and Barrett turns, inhaling the man's aroma. You are delectable, Barrett murmurs into Anaxo's skin. Anaxo looks up and over his chest at Barrett, a question in his eyes. It means good, really good. Barrett explains, and Anaxos chuckles, pulling him up to straddle him. How private is this secret spot? Barrett asks. He wiggles his eyebrows suggestively. Very, Anaxos hums. Barrett takes the moment, seizing it for himself. He leans back, palming Anaxos's already bulging groin. You really do like me, don't you? Barrett asks, and Anaxos nods, leaning up and kissing him. Barrett grinds back on him, sinking his hips down, flexing his knees as he bounces up and down gently. Anaxos moans, kissing him deeper and softer than he had before. Anaxos seizes Barrett by the hips, pushing him down harder, making Barrett groan as he feels Anaxos's length pressed against his ass. Do you want this? Anaxos mutters into Barrett's cheek, and Barrett bobs his head, his eyes rolling back, as Anaxos lifts his body up, laying him down gently in the grass. 
Anaxo stands and unlaces his pants, and for the first time, Barrett doesn't look away. He watches as the pants slide down to the ground, catching on the man's erection, where it stands extremely proud of his body. Wow, Barrett murmurs, and Anaxo smiles, his cock bouncing as he leans down, getting on his knees and crawling over to Barrett. Barrett giggles and rips his shirt over his head, excited to see where this leads. Anaxos leans down, licking at Barrett's chest, chewing playfully at Barrett's pert nipples. Barrett squirms on the ground in ecstasy, and when Anaxos has his mind whirling in pleasure, he hooks his fingers into Barrett's jeans, sliding them off the man's slim hips, pulling his underwear down with them. Anaxos's head sinks lower, kissing gently down Barrett's body, tracing his belly button with his tongue. He licks at Barrett's belly as he squirms. Then his mouth is on Barrett's pulsing dick. Barrett yelps, the warmth and wet feeling catching him by surprise. Anaxo sucks fast and hard, his head bobbing as they move together. Barrett laces his fingers into Anaxo's hair and the man grunts, moving faster and faster as he pleasures Barrett. Fuck, come up here, kiss me, Barrett whispers, and Anaxos looks up, his mouth still around Barrett's member and smiles. He crawls up, kissing Barrett devilishly and with a passion that Barrett had never felt before. Then Anaxos pulls back, a look on his face. What? Barrett asks, and Anaxos simply stands for a moment before planting a foot on either side of Barrett's shoulders and squats down, pinning Barrett's torso to the ground. His heavy manhood rests on Barrett's chest. It's the height of eroticism for the prone man. Take me in, he says simply, and Barrett leans up, sinking his lips down on his lover's cock. He moves with gusto, his head weaving up and down, side to side and around Anaxos, his tongue swirling rough circles over Anaxos' dick. Anaxos groans, moaning and leaning back to roar into the sky. Birds fly from the nearby trees, squawking and chirping. Barrett giggles with his mouth full. Anaxos looks down at him. I want to fuck you, Anaxos says, as he looks back down at Barrett, whose eyes go wide in shock and nervousness. It had been a while. But he was so pleasure-blown, he had no will to fight as Anaxos slides out of his mouth, down his body and between his legs. His body was immaculate, his thick thighs frame, his huge member, his barrel chest shadowing it as he leaned down and grabbed Barrett by the hips and rocked his ass up into the air. Anaxos spits crudely into his hand, smearing his spit on his cock and on Barrett's ass. Are you ready? Anaxos asks, and Barrett nods with a gulp. He was scared, if he was honest with himself, but when he feels Anaxos pressing at his entrance, he suddenly has a spike of adrenaline, and he pushes back. His body clenches at the sudden pain. Please go slow, Barrett moans, and Anaxos smiles down on him, falling on top of Barrett, elbows in the earth as he slowly slides into a tense and squirming body. Barrett can't stand the fullness he feels at first. It was so much having Anaxos inside him. There was so much of Anaxos. It felt as if he would never stop slipping inch after inch into Barrett's body. But then, Barrett feels it. The telltale feeling of coarse hair against him, there in the most intimate of places. Oh, Barrett. Anaxos growls, his mouth next to Barrett's ear. Barrett, now more used to the sensation, wiggles against Anaxos's groin, sliding gently up and back and down against Anaxos. The larger man rumbles from deep in his chest. I'm going to fuck you now, Anaxos says, and when Barrett nods, Anaxos pulls almost completely out of him before slamming back in, then out, then in. 
He grunts low and harsh as Barrett squeaks, barely able to handle the pleasure he feels as the man fills him up and empties him out over and over again. Anaxo slides his legs up, standing with his hands still on the ground and pounds Barrett hard and fast. He has Barrett yelping and moaning into his arm, which he'd put over his mouth to stifle his cries, but Anaxo snatches it from his face. Let me hear you, Anaxos commands in between thrusts. Barrett lets out involuntary high-pitched sounds as Anaxos slides all the way into him, down to the base. Barrett's gasping at this point, clutching at the ground, unable to speak as Anaxos resumes his hard and rough fucking, his thrust growing faster and less controlled. Barrett knew what was coming, and he begins to stroke himself roughly, wanting to climax with Anaxos who breathed draggedly above him with a beet-red face. He was on the uphill climb, and Barrett's grips... Anaxos' swollen, tight bicep with his free hand as Anaxos loses all control, pumping into him with wild abandon. Barrett, I, I, Anaxos starts, and Barrett leans up and kisses Anaxos sloppily. Do it, X, he says with a quiet power, and Anaxos' orgasm rips through the both of them. He huffs, burying himself in Barrett, who shrinks back as he feels the white heat shoot through his body. He comes hard, shooting ropes across his chest and up onto Anaxos' chin, and the larger man smiles and scoops Barrett's seed from his face, putting his fingers into his mouth, moaning in pleasure before collapsing on Barrett, who can't seem to catch his breath. Anaxos is still inside Barrett, pulsing and moving with little involuntary thrusts. He pulls out and rolls onto his belly next to Barrett, who gasps at the sudden emptiness. Now comes the good part. Anaxos says, and he stands and scoops Barrett up, carrying him over to the water where he sweetly and gently washes Barrett's tired, used body in the water before laying him out in the grass and sits down next to him. Did you enjoy? Anaxos asks. Barrett laughs weakly, completely exhausted. Yeah, X, I did, but it's your turn next time, Barrett says, and Anaxos leans over and kisses him. I cannot wait. He says softly against Barrett's mouth. Okay, I'm gonna put my chair back. Okay, because I've had a very long day at work. And I'm gonna put my feet up. Okay. And I'm gonna have a glass of wine. And let's talk about this chapter. Because I, I like it. I think it's okay. I don't think it's perfect by any means, but I've been going through a hard time. I know I keep saying I've been going through a hard time, but I'm really going through a tough time. I've picked up drinking as a habit. Not like I have a problem drinking, but just like I never drank before, ever. Never, ever, 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 ever. And I've started drinking. So that tells you about where I'm at. But what do I like about this chapter? Um, let me take a sip. That's really bad wine. I don't know much about wine, but I know that's really bad. Um, I like the intimacy of it. I like the familiarity of it. It's almost like they've been doing this for a while and they know each other and they know what the other one wants, even though they don't really know each other that well at all. Um, the sexual part of it could be done better. I do not disagree with you. I wish with all my heart that I could spend all my time writing and so that I would have 
50 different words for penis and 50 different words for butthole and 50 different words for ass and 50 different words for each part of the male body. Or I shouldn't say male body. I should say, what should I say? Masculine body? Because not everybody with a masculine body is male. I should have different words for every part of the body. I should have a million different words for every part of the body. I just don't. I'm not that smart and I don't have enough time to research it. But I still think it's a pretty good chapter. I think it's a good plot progression chapter because now they fucked. They got it over with. They got it out of their systems. Now they're kind of bound together in in the lore and rules of a romance novel. Once they've fucked, they're bound together. They're stuck together. I know sometimes I've even broken that rule, but that's kind of how it works in the romance genre. You know, the minute they fuck, they're like in love. So that's done. We've got that out of the way. I also like that Crystal is just kind of flip-flopping back and forth. Like she can't decide, is she gonna tell? Is she not gonna tell? Is she gonna be upset? Is she gonna be pissed off? And I feel like maybe I'm doing it subconsciously, but every time Nick is in a predicament or an argument with the other people in the group, he goes to Crystal and then Crystal gets mad. And I think that that's a good plot point for later in the story. I'm not gonna say exactly what yet, but it's just a good plot point for later in the story. Um, but that's kind of what I like about this chapter. I like the familiarity of it. I like that they, I like that they have sex. I like that they finally had sex. And I'm going to say this bravely. Let me take another sip. Ugh. Ugh. Yuck. I haven't written that many sex scenes. I know as somebody who claims to be a romance novel writer, I should have written more, but I haven't. I haven't written that many. I'm doing this for practice. I'm doing this so that one day I can do it professionally and be good at it. You're just here along for the ride. Not you're just here. You are here along for the ride. That's just all I have to offer. I still think it's pretty good. I think it's an honest depiction of sex. Mm. I've had a glass of wine, so I'll be honest. It's not the most honest definition of sex. It's, it's kind of realistic for people who haven't really eaten that much on a desert island where their bodies are consuming everything that goes into them, but realistically, it's not that spontaneous. Or for most people, it's not that spontaneous. If it is that spontaneous for you, that's great. But for most people, it's not. Um, but it's also a fantasy. It's not, I mean, you don't have to go through every mundane detail of preparing for sex for it to be a, a romance novel. They just kind of are thrust into thrust. They're thrust into it and they just pursue their passion. Um, but I still think it's relatively realistic. You know, the spitting and the pain and the roughness of it and the quickness of it. It doesn't last for what seems very long. It's not it's not one of those romance scenes that's drawn out for 17 pages and you're just like reading it and you're like, oh my God, when is this going to be over? I'm uncomfortable reading this. It's taking so long. It's a quick, dirty fuck on an island. That's what it is. They're on an island. What can you expect? I mean, I like it. I think it's good.
I think it's fun. I think it's funky. I think it's fresh. Um, I think that it serves to move the plot along and the plot that we're going to be following for the rest of the story in which Barrett and Naxos are obviously inevitably going to become closer, but it also is a, a source of contention amongst his friends. So like what, what is he going to have to choose? Like what's going to happen? Also, where's the boat? I don't really know where the boat is. Elliot just kind of sailed away with the boat. And I'm kind of trying to decide where it is. Like, did he wreck the boat? Did he just steer it off course and jump off ship? Is it somewhere else? Where is it? And is it their ticket out of there? I don't know yet, because I haven't written it yet. And I'm completely off script here, so I don't, I don't really know. There was never a boat to begin with. The original idea in the story was that they build a boat, but I thought that was kind of unrealistic. Like, I've seen Lost, okay. I've seen Lost. I know how that goes. I've seen other shipwreck movies. Nobody builds a boat. Nobody builds a raft and gets away successfully. Except for that girl who had a life raft and eventually it was discovered. But most people don't build a raft and are discovered, and especially not when they're escaping from a mystical island. Um, do they ever escape on a raft in Lost? How do they... I know they build a raft, but I've never been able to finish it to know what happens after they build the raft. Do they get away? I don't know. Anyway, I, I just didn't think building a raft was a good idea. It seems like it makes more sense to actually introduce a boat that might be able to get them off the island and fight mysterious currents. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I've had a very rough week. I've been working 12-hour days every single day for like almost a month now, and I'm very tired. I really, truly am. Um, but I did accept that writing gig, and I'm hoping it goes somewhere. It's a gig writing serialized fiction, and I need to work on an outline and a synopsis and a chapter outline for it. Um, but I have to come up with an idea first. So if anyone has any ideas, email me at floorrejects at gmail.com. Tweet me at floorrejects. Any ideas, they're oddly specific about what they want me to write about. And it is um, interesting, to say the least. I'll tell you more about it once I actually work on an outline. But I don't know. I'm trying to follow my passions anywhere they, they can be followed. And I'm learning to drink wine. But let me say something brave. Wine doesn't taste good. It tastes like... It tastes like a bad version of how gasoline smells. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's not for me. But I've been drinking it because it calms me down. And at the end of the day, I could really use that. I... I could really use something that calms me the hell down. And this does. So, I recommend, if it's healthy, safe, and you're of legal age, wherever you live, have a glass of wine. Calm down. Breathe in, breathe out. Manifest something for yourself. I've been trying to practice manifesting because I have nothing else in my life. I've been trying to practice manifesting. I manifested something the other day. I tried again today. 
did not work, so maybe it was a fluke, but I'm trying to manifest. Um, and I recommend you do the same. Have a glass of wine. Manifest something. Manifest your dreams. Honestly, I would love to see everyone succeed in their lives, but I'm going to let it go here because I'm tired and I still have to edit this. Um, so I'll be back next week, hopefully. Hopefully I don't take another unplanned break because my Thanksgiving break was not planned. Uh, I'll be back next week with another chapter of the Isle of Artemisia in which hopefully we get something other than fucking. That was a reference to Katya and Trixie. She says, Kevra fucking. That's okay. I've had one glass of wine and this is who I am. So. Oh, it just tastes bad. It just tastes bad. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you later.